0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Celebrating the baptism of our Lord gives us the opportunity to talk about our baptisms and what they mean to us. And so in many Christian churches and many denominations, the subjective experience of spirituality is the chief evidence that you're a Christian. right? They have the idea that a certain feeling whether it's a dramatic conversion experience, a special warming of your heart, that those feelings show genuine faith. And now there's nothing wrong with conversion experiences or strong feelings in your heart about the Lord. Those experiences are quite good. But as Lutherans, we say that we don't have to put our hope in the fluctuations of our experiences, our feelings. All right, we do not sing Jesus loves me, this I know, for my feelings tell me so. Right Feelings and experiences for us are not reliable sources of comfort. In fact, if we're feeling down or feeling troubled by temptation, we then may come to believe we don't have real faith if we just rely on the feelings of our hearts. And so instead, we as Lutherans return to a phrase, remember your baptism. Right, this means look to something tangible, something concrete, something objective that has happened to you. The tangible thing that's happened to you that you've received, it's undeniable, right? It does not fluctuate like your feelings might. And so you can take comfort in the fact that this thing really has happened to you. It concretely happened to you, right? So in fact, we might even be able to sing Jesus loves me, this I know, for my baptism tells me so. Right? Remember your baptism. We say, we say remember your baptism because scriptures tie specific and particular promises from God to us with our baptisms. Right? Now most of you were small children when you were baptized and don't remember it. And so in that case we'll say remember that you are baptized. That's who you are. Right, your baptism is not just a symbolic ritual. It's not just a public confession of faith. But our baptism is a specific moment in our life when God's word, his promises, are applied to us through the washing of water. And as Lutherans, we say, baptism brings about forgiveness of sins, redeems from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe it, as the words and promise of God declare. But the chief promise of baptism is simply this, that in our baptisms, God grafts us to Christ. So our relationship to God is always connected to who Christ is in us. In other words, baptism ties us to Christ. It makes us inseparable from him. In Romans 6, St. Paul says, We have been buried with Christ by baptism into death, so that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father so we too might walk in the newness of life our old sinful identity our identity defined by death and separation from god is drowned in the waters of baptism and our new life connected to christ is raised in us and so when christ is baptized here in our gospel we hear the voice of god who says to him you are my son the beloved, with you, I am well pleased. And as we hear the voice of God, remember what we say that our baptisms accomplish in us. We say that baptisms unite us to Christ. So when God says to Jesus, you are my son, the beloved, with you, I am well pleased, he is also saying that to us through Christ. Yes, you also are God's child. You are God's beloved. God is pleased with you. Now, not because you're not a sinner, right? Or not because you are a special snowflake or something like that. No, God is pleased with you because God is pleased with Christ. And so our unity with Christ through our baptisms means that we are now and forever God's child. We can now pray to God as our father and expect that he will hear us and will care for us as his dear child. So the language from our Old Testament reading in Isaiah 43, I think is so valuable to apply to us as the baptized people of God. Now, of course, the original audience of this message was the people of God who had been exiled into Babylon. In their exile, God was promising that they still had an identity as his people. But now, as people of God united to God through Christ, we can apply these words to ourselves. Christ makes these words true for us. And the words of the Lord in Isaiah 43 become beautiful descriptions of who we are in our baptisms. In 43 verse 1, the Lord says to his people, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine." last phrase is especially interesting i have called you by name and you are mine what happens when someone is baptized well they are named and then they're marked by god's name we say so and so i baptize you in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit when we baptize someone and state their full name we're stating that that individual is seen and known by god right you personally are named and known by god You're not a stranger to him. You're not just a mere acquaintance. You're a friend of God. He knows you fully and personally. And more than that, he marks you with his very own name. In baptism, the name of God is forever attached to your own name. Your whole identity is wrapped up in his being. He claims you and he sustains you. In this same verse, God goes on to say that he redeems you. He purchases you he adopts you. You're entirely his own. Right? And so you no longer belong to sin, to, death, to, to the devil, to death, but you belong wholly to God. And for this reason, God says, do not fear. That's the message to those of us who have been baptized. That's always the first message of God to us. Do not fear. We need not fear that the Lord will abandon us, nor do we need to fear that the powers of this world will overtake us. Rather, because the Lord himself has claimed us and named us, we can have peace in this world. But verse 2 gives us a beautiful image of the assurance that God gives to us. He promises us that because he has claimed us, there will be nothing we will suffer alone. He says there in verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. God, through Christ, in fact, has gone through every trial with us and for us. Christ suffered in this world for us. He knows our pains. And as the one who has passed through suffering and death perfectly, and the one who was raised to new life, he's promised the same thing to us. So as we suffer, we do not pass through our trials alone. We, pra- we pass through them with confidence, knowing that the Lord has given us his name. Right? And so for all of us, there will be a time when life is difficult. There will be times when we grieve. Times when our health is poor. Times when others hurt us and make life difficult for us. To find the gospel in that moment is to remember who we are in our baptisms finally let us then take notice of how God speaks to us in verse 4 because you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you when you are baptized these are God's very words to you you are precious in my sight you are honored in my sight I love you our very baptisms are the evidence that this is true God would not give us his name. He would not redeem us. He would not promise to never leave us if it were not true. And now we have to consider the weight of this. God says, you are precious in my sight. You have worth to God. You have value. In fact, through your union to Christ, God is proud of you. God is pleased with you. He's not angry with you. He's not disappointed with you. He is proud of you, and he values you above all else. And what an important thing it is to hear that message. I was reading recently an author named Anthony Bradley, who teaches at King's College in New York City, and he's making the point that all the research coming out now shows that the root of our societal problems is really quite clear. Much of what is wrong in our communities comes down to the fact that so many young men have never heard their father say to them, I am proud of you, I love you, right? They've heard their fathers scold them, they've heard their fathers give them practical advice, and many, of course, don't have fathers who are present at all, but a young man, Bradley says, will struggle to flourish and be healthy if he does not know his father's love. Young men long to hear that their fathers are proud of them. On a real practical level, that's true for the young men in our communities. But it's also true for all of us in a spiritual sense. Many of us will not grow spiritually and we will not flourish until we hear this message from God personally. Until we can sit quietly and peacefully and hear God say, I love you. You're valuable to me. You are precious to me. We may struggle to know the gospel for us if we don't hear those words. But that's exactly what God says to you. You are valuable to me. And so remember your baptisms. Remember that you're baptized. Remember that you're grafted to Christ. This gives all of us the starting point to hear those words of comfort from God. It gives us the foundation of our identities in him to know that we're precious to him and so we say remember our baptisms because our baptisms are where we have that concrete assurance that god loves us and you are valuable to him amen